The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should consider obtaining independent advice before making any financial decisions. Hi, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garam Perro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to the Explorers podcast. Today we're catching up with Dr. Mike Jones. Mike is Managing Director of Impact Minerals, which has been trading under the code IPT since 2006. It last traded at 0.6 cents for a market cap of about 9.3 million. That means it's got the sort of leverage to potential expiration upside we like to see. And as we all know, there's no point having that leverage without having projects capable of generating some expirations excitement or the funds required to get cracking on the ground. Impact has both. It has the highly fancy palladium and other platinum group metals focused near Broken Hill, where Impact's ground also comes with a traditional Broken Hill style silver lead zinc potential. Then it has the Commonwealth Copper Gold Project in New South Wales, richly endowed Lachlan Fold Belt. Now, despite the recent turmoil in equity markets, Impact was able to raise $2.1 million in February, taking its cash balance to more than $3 million, giving it the funds required to get busy at Broken Hill and at Commonwealth. Cheering the company on is uh, Andrew Forrest's privately held Squadron, which is a 12.5% Impact shareholder, and a German family fund, which is a 12.8% shareholder. More on all that in a moment. First up, though, I'm going to say g'day to Mike, and welcome him to the podcast. Welcome, Mike. Great. Yeah, thanks, Barry, and uh, very good to be here in uh, these tumultuous times. Certainly are. Okay, Mike, before we get into Broken Hill and Commonwealth, uh, can I get you to give us a rundown on your professional background, touching on some of your previous roles before arriving at Impact? No, sure, Barry. Look, um, I studied in in England. I'm English originally and uh, did uh, both my degrees there and uh, was fortunate enough as I was finishing my PhD to be offered a job and also a residency visa by Western Mining Corporation. Uh, For those of you listeners who are old enough to remember uh, WMC. And so I moved to Australia in 1988 and I was fortunate to work in their project generation team. And we were charged with really finding the next big project for uh, for Western Mining. And uh, my speciality was in gold and nickel and uh, so worked there for six years uh, until about the mid-90s. Um, left Western Mining, sort of uh, perhaps a slight entrepreneurial bent uh, showing through then to uh, join um, a number of uh, consulting groups, uh, first with uh, Aerodata or World Geoscience as they were in their interpretation group, and then on to Southern Geoscience, very well-known um, geophysical consultants around Perth and across Australia. And then finally set up uh, uh, my own consultancy with a business partner at the time, and we ran that uh, for uh, five or six years in the lead up to the uh, the start of the boom uh, in uh, sort of, well, sort of mid-boom, 2005, 2006. So uh, I'd worked across a, a wide variety of projects and, uh, and commodities, and uh, you know, that sort of stood me in good stead for, for project generation. Most of my work for clients, again, involved basically drawing boxes uh, on mats to uh, to suggest that this is a probably a, you know, a good area to go and have a look for, uh, for mineralization. 
And uh, you know, we had a few uh, small uh, successes along the way, so which was good. So 2006, um, we decided we'd uh, put together uh, Impact Minerals, uh, got some projects together, and uh, uh, predominantly grassroots. Uh, we were fortunate enough to uh, land the uranium project. Uh, of course, uh, well, uranium was in a frenzy and uh, listed uh, in, in 2006 and uh, late 2006. And of course, uh, we've uh, ridden the roller coaster, you know, ever since then. But, but look, <laughs> we founded Impact uh, on grassroots exploration. Uh, it's what we do. Um, it's what we do well, trying to find the, the next big thing. And uh, that's always been our focus. Uh, we've obviously had market difficulties uh, during those 12, 13 years. And, uh, but we find ourselves now with two great projects at Broken Hill and Commonwealth um, that we feel uh, you know, have really uh, got the, uh, uh, the underlying geology to deliver the major win we've been looking for. Right, okay. Thanks for that. Now, you've got two interesting projects on the go. Let's have a look at uh, Broken Hill first, where the backdrop is uh, super strong palladium prices despite the doom and gloom elsewhere and uh, the uh, death of palladium uh, because of the EV vehicle re revolution, which doesn't seem to be actually padding out. So what have you got up there at Broken Hill and what do you see as the potential? Yeah, look, uh, it's... Um well, Broken Hill is obviously uh, well known around the world for its uh, silver-legged uh, zinc deposit. You know, over three hundred million tons of massive sulphide. It's, uh, it's uh, you know the world's I think, largest um, uh, you know, zinc silver deposit. And um, uh, but it's less well known that there are these uh, little mafic, ultramafic intrusions, as we call them, little pods of magma that have come up uh, from deep in the Earth's crust that contain you know, very high grades, in fact, exceptional grades of the platinum group metals. And whilst I've been known about, there's been various bits of work done over the years, but um, I was always intrigued when I first came across it um, because it has exceptional grades of all six um, platinum group metals, uh, which is platinum, palladium, rhodium, ruthenium, osmium, and iridium. And that's actually well very unusual on a world scale. You don't, you don't often see all six of them. It's normally three, three and three depending on the type of environment you're in. Mm. So I was always pretty fascinated by that. And um, so we've done quite a lot of research on the in-house over the years, and we've put some of that out to the ASX. And they have a very, uh, it's, the answer is actually relatively simple, simple to comprehend, is that the magma that provided these has come from very deep in the Earth's, um, in the Earth's structure, right on the core mantle boundary probably. Uh, it's come up um, in a chute of uh, very high temperature magma, um, at a particular time in the Earth's crust when it was all uh, one of the old supercontinents was breaking up. And um, it's brought these um, very high-grade uh, sulfides to the surface. Uh, whilst there's a bit of focus on PGMs, um, people tend to forget that, in fact, the PGMs are actually associated with very high-grade nickel and copper. Um, we're talking, you know, 3 4 5% uh, copper and up to 7% nickel in fresh rocks and so really it's a nickel copper sulfide uh, project with exceptional pges and in that way it is it is similar to the Lumar discovery that we're seeing now with um uh, with chalice and uh, and even down to uh, you know to some of the nova uh, bollinger uh, area there where we've obviously seen uh, the recent discoveries by legend so, uh, yeah, look, um, it's not that dissimilar. It's just a very rich uh, in the PGM. Uh, has, the, has the area been subject to much uh, PGE nickel copper exploration in the past or has it always been silver lead zinc? 
it's uh, it's been very sporadic for the uh, for the, the nickel copper uh, PGEs and SEPA uh, Resources, which uh, many of your listeners would be familiar with. They had it uh, probably fifteen right. or so mm-hmm. years ago. You know, they did um, some work up at our Platinum Springs project and uh, did sort of quite a comprehensive compilation of data, etc. But really, uh, never enough drilling. And uh, so we took that on and then we found the Red Hill project. Uh, we were the first people to drill there since CRA drilled there in the late 60s. And um, uh, they'd actually drilled underneath some old workings, but we later discovered they were drilling down dip. Um, we just turned the rigs around and came back the other way. And, uh, you know, we re- ended up yeah. with a stunning uh, intercept that we have there, which I, you know, to the best of our knowledge is, is one of, if not the best, um, you know, drill results for PGEs um, seen in Australia. And um, you know, very high-grade nickel, copper, uh, palladium in particular, uh, platinum. It has gold in there. It has silver as well as um, high grades of the other um, you know, PGMs. It's a, a very, uh, very unique um, high-grade assemblage. So... We did quite a bit of drilling around there, and then, um, and that was about the time that uh, you know, Squadron uh, had invested in, into us as well. So we can come back to why we hadn't done much work there since, but um, uh, that those are the two uh, key prospects that we've had for some time as Platinum Springs and Red Hill. But uh, the other one that we've been working up on the back of all of our research is the Rockwell Little Broken Hill trend, and uh, we were just fortunate enough um, a couple of weeks ago I could see that things were changing rapidly in Australia. Uh, I'd been away on holiday um, in the eastern states, came back, and I thought, if we don't go and do some field work now, we might be trapped in WA for some time. So mm. we did an emergency dash to Broken Hill, uh, took some rock chips, um, you know, spent a few mm. days out there and, uh, and, and came back uh, basically you know, just in time. So uh, we have been doing a little bit of uh, self-isolation uh, since, since getting back. Um, but look, you know, managed to get that done. And we think that those three projects will form the... Um, uh, the, the key drill targets that we're going to have in, uh, in, a, in a drill program, which will be coming up sometime later this year. Just before getting into the uh, the forward program, um, palladium and PGEs in general are not well understood in this market, uh, presumably because there's no primary production in Australia. So can you give us a feel for the global market and in particular what's behind palladium's uh, spectacular run in recent times? Yeah, look, um, the what's been driving palladium has predominantly been platinum. And uh, the platinum price has been uh, has been dropping considerably, and uh, that's because uh, platinum is mainly used in catalytic converters for diesel cars, and the demand for diesel cars has been you know, dropping off uh, dramatically um, with the new emissions uh, you know rules coming in around the world, and the majority, the vast majority mm-hmm. of the world's palladium is actually produced as a byproduct of platinum. And so uh, there's been a growing right. deficit in the plant, in the palladium market for basically the last um, 10 years, um, which peaked, uh, I think, last year at around about a million ounces. So all of a sudden, everyone sort of realized, oh, my God, there's a shortage of, uh, you know, shortage of palladium. And uh, also, similarly, rhodium. And uh, the price just uh, took off. Now, look, I've been around a long time. We saw what happened in the uranium boom. There was probably hoarding going on and you know hedge funds being involved etc cetera, etc cetera, which led to the parabolic rise and it's obviously come down uh it's come down a bit since then but uh, we're certainly seeing um you know significant um uh, interest in the in the palladium market so i should say that palladium is actually used in the petroleum in the 
petrol catalytic converters for petrol cars uh, and also for hybrids mm. and uh, and so the demand for palladium has actually been increasing because as you say the e, the ev revolution hasn't quite happened and my personal opinion is with the oil price where it is now it's uh, it's probably going to be pushed out even further yeah, unless there's um you know environmental mm. legislations to uh, you know to um to change things when you talk about exceptional grades that have been encountered, uh, how exceptional are we talking? So the the uh, the, the key result um, is a one point two meter wide intercept, and uh, it has uh, I think it's seven uh, percent nickel, two percent copper. It has ten ounces of palladium and uh, ten grams mm-hmm. of platinum, ten grams of gold, and I think there was another fifteen grams of silver in there uh, as well. Plus a combined 20 grams of uh, rhodium, uh, osmium, iridium, and the ruthenium. And uh, th- those those grades are, uh, for the minor PGMs, are mm. exceptional on a world scale anyway. And that, that is in relatively fresh rock. It's not been, it's not been increased, um, you know, by, um, by weathering or anything like that. And that was at Red Hill. And then at Platinum Springs, um, we had a, a narrow intercept, but that is more your classic magmatic nickel sulf copper sulfides as we've spoken about for Julie Maher and Nova Bollinger and they're precipitated at the base of these mafic lava magma tubes that are there and um, that was uh, sort of a 0.6 meter intercept but uh, 7% nickel 7% copper and I think uh, 25 grams combined PGMs plus uh, you know plus gold so these things have got you know very very high dollar per ton value um, so we mm. don't need it Particular, you know, large amount to uh, you know to come up some, with something that um, you know stands a chance of being exported. So uh, pretty exciting stuff. But what we've really been spending the time doing is sort of standing back a little bit and trying to find where we think maybe the you know the big deposit might be, and um, it's related to all of these individual bodies, and uh, and that's what we think uh, the little broken hill trend uh, might be. Right. Okay. Now. Uh... Given that focus at Broken Hill currently, what of the uh, silver lead zinc potential um, that you have on impacts ground position? Um, I understand there was uh, a move to roll that into a special purpose vehicle along with Squadron and uh, somebody else whose name I can't remember at the moment. Castillo um, Copper. What's what's happening there? Yeah, Castillo. That's yeah. Look, uh, obviously, um, uh, this was uh, happened only a few weeks before the the current crisis, but. Mm. We've got a very large ground holding in Broken Hill, around Broken Hill, which is extremely underdone for silver lead zinc. And um, one of the issues with silver lead zinc exploration in Broken Hill is that it does require deep pockets. Uh, it requires a lot of drilling, you know, a lot of persistence. And there's been many companies over the years that have gone there and, and just not been able to uh, you know, produce the goods. Lots of sniffs. There's lots of there's lots of smoke at Broken Hill. There's no there's no uh, shortage mm. of uh, uh, you know of prospects there. And uh, but on our particular ground, we've got um, we some of the drilling that we've done previously. We've actually got some quite high grade silver results to go along with the lead and zinc, sort of up in the um, you know twenty to forty gram level and a hundred grams though in in places of silver. And that's actually quite unusual. Um, many, many of the, the prospects around Broken Hill don't have much silver there at all. And so we think that um, you know, our ground does have similarities mm. to, to Broken Hill itself because of the exceptional silver that we're getting. Admittedly, in narrow intercepts, but 
the geology of Broken Hill is exceptionally complicated and the uh, mineralization there formed early it's been squashed and folded in multiple multiple times over its history and that makes the geometry of what you're trying to tackle quite difficult and uh, unless you really know what you're doing you've got a lot of money you know, a lot of painful work um painful and painstaking <laughs> to work it out uh, you know mm-hmm. you can easily miss things so uh, so look casillo approached us and said look mm-hmm. why don't we put all our, our ground together squadron have been active in the area as well and uh, see if we can find you know a major company with deeper pockets to uh, you know to come in and uh, and do some work or perhaps raise some you know a significant amount of money to do the work um uh, you know, in a in a special purpose vehicle mm-hmm. obviously with uh, everything that's going on at the moment uh, you know who, who knows what's going to happen there but uh, you know to to uh, Casillo's credit they're they're in charge of the marketing um yeah they've been out there you know knocking on doors and uh, and so we'll see what happens yeah okay so uh, touched on it uh, earlier, but uh, so what is the forward program at Broken Hill in terms of uh, drilling campaigns, etc.? So look, uh, I'm pleased to announce uh, that uh, as of uh, today, we actually won one of the co-fund grants uh, from the New South Wales government, and uh, so they've um, uh, given us seventy-five thousand dollars cash on a you know, fifty-fifty basis for a drill program at sort of Broken Hill. So that's sort of underpinned that'll underpin some of the drilling that we're planning. And uh, so that's a great testament to the team. We put in an application uh, over Christmas and uh, we're fortunate enough mm-hmm. to, uh, to win one. So that's been good. And that was only announced today. So look, we are planning uh, a significant drill program and uh, we've got, uh, we're drill ready basically at Platinum Springs in Red Hill where we have got the previous great drill results. And then uh, we've got the rock chips that we've just taken. Uh, those will come back and help us define uh, we think to find some drill targets uh, for us at uh, Little Broken Hill Gabbro. So we have a, a program. Look, I don't know how big it's going to be, but you know, at least a few thousand meters of RC and diamond drilling uh, spread across the three projects to uh, to see if we can um, you know extend the known mineralization and uh, look for the big win um, on uh, any one of those three. So it's uh, you know it's an exciting project that people should be looking at. Yeah, for sure. Um, COVID nineteen. Uh... Uh, travel restrictions, etc. Do, does that present any particular challenge for the uh, forward program? Look, New South Wales is obviously evolving a different uh, in a different speed and direction to to Western Australia. So um, uh, people are still being able to operate, you know, ex- exploration wise in those areas. Um, so mm. even in a worst case scenario, you know, that we're all locked down, you know, can't move to can't go to New South Wales for for months. Um, we are in a position to use local, uh, you know, local people, local drill rigs, uh, following the you know, appropriate yeah. health guidelines to, uh, you know, to do the drilling, and that's something that we'll discuss as we uh, as we go ahead. But uh, look, uh, you know, COVID nineteen certainly in WA we're seeing some amazing drop offs in the infection rates here. It's it's quite remarkable, and um, mm. you know, let's hope that these trends continue, and um, you know, we can move through. Uh, you know, a little bit quicker in Australia than other places uh, are going to be. So um, it's, uh, you know, it's obviously a crucial couple mm. of weeks coming up, but um, certainly the signs are pretty positive right now. And I think the market is indicating that's the, that's the case uh, looking forward a little bit. Okay, so swinging across to Commonwealth, uh, which is a long trend from Alcane's exciting gold copper boater discovery. What have you got there and what's the forward program? 
So we've had a significant uh, ground holding uh, in the Lachlan Fold Belt, uh, along with uh, similar to Broken Hill for, for quite a few years now. Um, we've reinvented ourselves once in Impact Minerals. That was in late <clears throat> 2012 when we realized that the market was changing um, you know, following the post-GFC ramp up. And uh, we acquired these two projects as part of a, a failed float. And the two characteristics are that they have, we have large ground holdings in uh, world-class mineralized terrains. And that's one of the keys to, to being successful in, uh, in, in mineral mm. exploration. So we've had this ground for some time. And it was actually those two projects that brought Squadron to, the, uh, you know, to our register. Um, their chief geologist at the time you know, really liked both the, the projects and the areas. And uh, it was that that led them to, uh, to bring the money in. And uh, just going back to why we hadn't followed up at Broken Hill is that um, when, when they invested, we put some of the money into Broken Hill, got some great results. And then we got to Commonwealth and also got some great results there in a, in a massive sulfide deposit with um, gold, silver, zinc and lead. And that project was actually a larger scale thing, had, uh, was easier to drill out. And, uh, you know, and we got stuck into that uh, during that time. And then you know, the markets have changed, blah, blah, blah. So we ended up not getting back to, uh, you know, to Broken Hill. So Commonwealth has been sitting there for a while. But uh, yeah, so uh, a long trend from Boda and uh, also from Magmatic Resources Ilsa deposit, uh, which they're, sorry, uh, uh -huh. prospects. They're drilling there right now. And uh, they've got a good chance, I think, of being successful there. So we have uh, obviously mm. reevaluated that, uh, that ground um, as part of the, the discovery of Boda. And we've got uh, five targets that we've been working up over the last uh, four or five months. And have done a couple of phases of rock chip sampling. Um, we're just working on interpreting the uh, last set of rock chip uh, that we took uh, in, uh, I think it was January, February. And uh, it, everything is very encouraging. We've got two areas in particular, which are basically in the same age rocks. We've got the right alteration. And at our Apsley target, we've actually got an area that's literally about two square kilometers in size. That's got native, uh, it's got copper minerals, both fresh and weathered at surface sporadically uh, distributed over that entire area. And incredibly, even in the Lock and Coal Belt, right next to the main road, there's not a single drill hole into it. So we think there's some uh, great... What's the name of that one? That's the Apsley target. All right, okay. Mm -hmm. So we're just working through some of, the, uh, some of the, the rock chip results from that. So look, it's earlier stage. We've still got to go back and, and actually we'll probably do some soil sampling and some geophysics to, you know, to actually generate specific drill targets. And uh, but look again, currently those are ground programs that we can do remotely, and uh, you know don't require us to uh, to be there. So um, mm -hmm. everyone's waiting with bated breath for the you know, next round of uh, results from both Boda and of course Magmatic. Uh, unfortunately for Alkane, the last set of Boda results, which I think were, was it last week or the, you know, the week before last, were outstanding. I mean, a fantastic uh, increase mm. in gold. Yeah, incredible. That 100 metre interest. Uh, the, yeah. Uh, and, and look, mm. it is deep, but, but you know, so was Ridgeway and so was, uh, you know, so is most of Cadia. So that's not a problem. And Alkane's in obviously in a very strong position to do something with it. So uh, mm. the market's kind of like, it couldn't really respond. Yeah. It should have done, I think, for those results. So they've got more results to come out. Um, and, um, you know, got our fingers crossed that Magmatic um, you know, bring a bigger bit of joy to uh, to the industry as well, and uh, you know, and so our, our intention there is to you know do as best we can now to get to a, um, a drill uh, you know drill ready status. So before the 
uh, you know, the COVID situation, our plan is to uh, plan was to basically start drilling at Broken Hill while still working up Commonwealth to drill ready, you know, complete the drilling at Broken Hill, and then roll on then to uh, to drilling at uh, Commonwealth. We're, we're definitely going to have drill targets at uh, Commonwealth without a doubt. There's um, there's just too much mineralisation and uh, uh, you know too much going on there not mm. to uh, not to give us a, a good target to drill. So. Yeah, all in all, uh, you know, pretty exciting uh, set of projects, and uh, you know, we're working as hard as we can um, to do that. We're, you know, everyone's working, working from home or coming into the office. We have a very large office uh, with only a few people in it, so um, that's uh, yeah, applying all the uh, appropriate uh, uh, rules and regulations. Mm. Oh, plenty of room to spread out. That's good to hear. Um, at Commonwealth, is the intention to when you get to drilling to uh, do it 100% basis or bring in a JV partner? Uh, look, um, we, we will play that one by ear, but um, I mean, we came into this game to, you know, to make the big win. Um, I, my preference is mm. always to try and drill the first few holes ourselves. Uh, I know it's high risk, but, um, you know, that's what people give us money for. That's the story that, you know, that... Um, uh, yep. you know, that's the story that we tell. You know, we're here for the for the big win. You know, the, the serious mm. challenges and, uh, and the legends. You know, so we'd like to be part of that uh, part of that group. All right, Mike, you've given us a great rundown today. Um, obviously, a lot of interest, uh, near term interest here in Broken Hill and what will come of the Commonwealth program. Perhaps, hopefully, later in the year. So, all the best with it. And again, thanks for your time today. That's great, Barry. Thanks very much, and uh, we look forward to uh, hopefully delivering a big discovery later in the year.